When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel, Lady, your smart speakers, podcast, ESPN 2. Good morning, gentlemen. What up, baby? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Yeah, what's happening is the Rams. Key, I tried to tell you all year the Cardinals weren't ready. Young quarterback, <laughs> young head coach, they need more seasoning. But would you listen? No. Kyler Murray's going to take them all the way. This is what happens, Key. Uh, the- it's unfortunate. <laughs> it's unfortunate, Max. You're the idiot that would say that. Let me tell you something. I did not think the Cardinals would win the Super Bowl. I did think if they had DeAndre Hopkins, they had a puncher's chance. But what this game showed me is, Jay, he was right. They were not ready to win. They were, uh, the, the, they were a little bit deer in headlights. I mean, well, a lot of younger quarterbacks have been deer in headlights. Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, yeah. Kyler Murray. The, the strange things to me was that he didn't use his athleticism to get out of the pocket more. He only rushed for six yards. I don't, I don't know what was up with that. Granted, that was a lot of the defense, and I give the defensive front for the Rams a lot of credit. Von Miller played his ass off. Aaron Donald played his tail off. They received pressure time after time after time, and that sides feels like hindered Kyler Murray being yeah. a smaller quarterback in the pocket, throwing those two picks, um, things getting tipped in the air. But I, I still am strange out why Kyler Murray didn't activate his legs more. Only six yards rushing. He, Confusing he, to me. He and his coach looked to me key like they panicked, but that one Matthew Stafford. Stafford looked cool, calm, and collected and did the thing, he that you talk about – didn't make mistakes, and made a couple of big plays when he needed to and played complimentary football. You know, I don't think they panicked. I think what happened is when you have a defense that can fly around and all 11 hats get to the football, you can bottle up a guy like a Kyler Murray. And so when they bottled him up, he had nowhere to go. Um, <clears throat> when you think about Kyler Murray's ability, one of his assets is using his legs. But when you corral him and keep him inside the pocket, what is the Achilles heel to that? His size. Okay, when you talk about a thrown pass that bounces off the helmet of the running back, that's that has something to do with size. That has something to do with throwing the football on a trajectory upward opposed to flatlining mm-hmm. because of your size. You look at those sort of things. Sure, panic set in on the safety. Uh, uh, better yet, it wasn't a safety. It was an interception by David Long out of Michigan when he decided that he was going to pull a Carson Wentz move and decided, (laughs) oh, God, oh, no, and just throws the ball up in the air. That is the inexperience. That is the panic. Remember, in the playoffs, as I've always said, training camp is one speed. Preseason is another speed. The regular season is another speed. Monday night football is a speed. Then when you get into the playoffs, things in heightened. Everything speeds up, and that is the inexperience of a head coach in Cliff Kingsbury as a first-timer as well as a quarterback in Kyler Murray. 
But you got to tip your hands off to the Rams and Matthew Stafford and what they were able to do. No doubt. And Stafford had been at that speed in the playoffs three times mm-hmm. in his career. And three times he came up short with the Lions, who he largely carried. Now he's with the Rams. They moved heaven and earth to get him. And the most pressure on any player, in my opinion, in these playoffs, game one, was on Matthew Stafford. Don't lose with this squad to a team you're really supposed to beat who's not playing 100%. He got the job done. They played complimentary football. He got the job done and said this after the game. I think it it means a lot more to – I mean, you guys and all that. I mean, I just want to be a part of this team and help us win. So um, I trust in myself, trust in my abilities, trust in my teammates. Uh, go out there and play and, and let the chips fall where they may. What is he supposed to say? I mean, he said what he was supposed to say. But you no, know that, what? That's a great answer, though. Yeah. So that he's not making it about him. I mean, it would have been easy for him to say, well, you know, I got my first playoff win. Like, but he didn't make it about him. He made it about what the team is trying to accomplish, and I respect that. If you yeah, listen- he, he, he's a stand-up guy. I didn't expect for him to make it about him. That's who Matthew Stafford is. He's not going to ever talk about him. Whether he wants it to be about him or not, oh, it's about him. Yes, one win is cool, but we try to get to the Super Bowl exactly. and win the Super Bowl. Yeah. We're know, not the one win is good for this week. No, he and no doubt. The, it, what was interesting to me is in all his interviews and a couple of them you heard after the game. There's one with Lisa Salters on the field. He the speed with which he took it off him. It's one thing to say, well, this is a great team win. He was adamant about it. He wanted to make sure, boom, right off me. This is team. Let's look at the defense. Look at special teams. Look what came up with plays. This and that. It seems to me. That, that that is exactly the right attitude for a well-balanced team that just needs him to play mistake-free football as mm-hmm. much as possible and come up key with those two or three big plays that you talk about win in the playoffs, right? He has the right mentality for that right now, seems to yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. He, got his 13, uh, he, he put up 17 rocks in the air. He completed 13 of them for a little bit over 200 yards and a couple touchdowns, and then it won on the ground. So when you look at some of the throws that he made, Odell Beckham will route down the sideline. He missed Cam Akers. Uh, I think he misjudged Cam Akers' ability to get past the defensive back, so he wasn't ready to throw the ball on a third down slightly behind him. Cam Akers, in my opinion, still should have caught the football, but that's just me, a hard grade. But I think when you look at what he's capable of doing, getting the football to hit, the understanding that Cooper Cup, as I went into the game this week and I talked about NFL Live on last Thursday as we broke down this game, I said that OBJ needed to be a very important piece, not the piece, but an important piece to take some of the pressure off for Cooper Cup, to take some of the pressure off of Higby and Jefferson. But when you dispute the, when you decide to distribute the football to several different players on the offensive side, then you're going to have the type of success that Matthew Stafford had last night. This team just is a complete team, man. Like, with Cam Akers back, the way they run it, with Sony Michelle, you talk about that aspect of the offense, you talk about Cooper Cup, you talk about OBJ, the way they're playing, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, all the pieces, the way the defense played and pressure. Granted, Arizona was a little bit beat up, but that was a complete package last night where you just, like you guys said, Matthew Stafford, just be stable. It is interesting to me, though, one narrative that kind of seems between Matthew Stafford and OBJ, it seems like the less chaos that they have around them, the more sound they are, that they are a byproduct of the environment that you have them in. saw a lot of chaos around OBJ when he was in Cleveland. Didn't really work. The latter part of his relationship with the Giants before Coughlin left, didn't really work. After Coughlin left, didn't really work, right? But with Coughlin, calmness, 
worked. With the Rams, McVay, Matthew Stafford, calmness, it works. Matthew Stafford with Detroit, a lot of chaos losing who you're surrounded with. Now, all of a sudden, this franchise, your first season in the toughest division, you win it, and you get a playoff win? Against the divisional against, rival. That, yeah. That's huge, man. Yeah, by that's the way, huge. you know Baker Mayfield trending today because of OBJ. <laughs> Odell has more passes and completions in the playoffs than Baker this year, that type of stuff. But Odell, and also people pointing out, look, why couldn't they make it work with Odell in Cleveland? He can obviously play. When, you, when you're on a bad team, man, it's, mm. <laughs> there is no uh, antidote for mm. your brain when you got to walk in that locker room and look at some of your teammates when you know that you're pouring out your heart every single week to do the job. It's just when you're on a bad team, that's just what it is. When you're on a good team, everything is going the way that it's supposed to go. You touch, you know, you touch the football a handful of times, but every time you touch it, it turns into something positive, and you win the football game. Yeah, if you look at the Rams, talk about a good team. They're a very good team. They were built that way, maybe lack some depth, but they have a coach who's gotten to the Super Bowl at a very young age. They have the, one of the greatest defenders of all time in his mm-hmm. prime, another elite defender, some complimentary pass rushers on the other side of the ball. They have the quarterback we were talking about. By the way, remember they added Odell before Robert Woods got hurt. Like they're supposed to, and, and, oh. but 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 beyond that, so so oh, they got Odell and Cam Akers gets back real quick off injury, right? So those were got those were pieces. I thought Cam Akers was a huge hit for them to take. He's back. The Rams are loaded and looking like the team to start the season where you were like, mm, that might be the best team in the NFC. They're looking like that team come playoff time. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, except the GM. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. So, guys, Mike Mayock was fired by the Raiders after three seasons. He only fully uh, or only took full control of personnel decisions when John Gruden resigned in October. So what does that tell you about who's the GM? Prior to that, it was 51-49 in favor of Gruden. Raiders posted a record of... 25-24, and 24, the team's first playoff appearance since 2016 and only its second since 2002. Numerous on and off the field controversies. Raiders had issues this season. Key, 
Was this the right decision by Las Vegas? That decision was made when John Gruden was was uh, resigned or whatever you want to call it with the Las Vegas Raiders. The, the Mike Mayock that was just a, a a thing just waiting. It was on a it was on a so to speak a conveyor belt. It was just going around and around and around until the season was over. With no matter if they were bringing Rich Basaccia back or not, Mike Mayock was he was basically essentially a dead man walking. Uh, when John Gruden was relieved of his duties. So was Mike Mayock because they're tied at the hip. Mike Mayock was essentially a glorified assistant to the head coach is what he was. He was not a a qualified general manager. A qualified general manager is, is someone like a Jerry Reese that was with the Giants or somebody like a Rich McKay with the Atlanta Falcons, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those are general managers. The guys like Reggie McKenzie who was there before Mike Mayock. So in the end, he was the guy, you know, basically the yes man. You know, you know that guy, Max, where you you crack a joke and he expects for you to laugh. You expect for him to laugh at the joke, even though it's bad. That guy. Yeah. You know, just that, <laughs> that that's who he is. John Gruden walks in the room and says, the sky is blue. And Mike Mayock, <laughs> yes, blue. <laughs> you know, it's Does like that, that guy. Me a yes man? Uh, J- <laughs> I thought it was a funny joke. Uh, J- Mayock, he, 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 this is not su- a surprise to no, anyone, not at Jay, all. right? And now people's, well, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, because I'll let Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, who's on Spain and Fitz, set up what topic this leads to. Listen to Mike. Those guys played really hard for him, and they overachieved, and they won games down the stretch in a very meaningful way, and you know, even in the playoff loss to the Bengals, you know that, that was a really good Bengal team at home, and you know Derek Carr and and the Raiders really stood toe to toe. So I thought he had earned the right, you know, to keep this thing going. Now we're talking about Basaccia there, yes, not Mayock, yes. So the reason I said let let uh, Mike T set it up is this leads to the next question. Of course, Gruden's gone. You're now going to replace the GM. GMs usually like to hire their own coaches, right? Mm-hmm. But Jay, in this case, team seems to like Basaccia. Now, you can look at the record under Gruden and Basaccia. They're both a game over 500. The Basaccia sample size this season is larger. The point differential is significantly worse under Basaccia than Gruden. They're minus 1.4 under Gruden, minus 5 under Basaccia. Um, the turnover margin, much worse under Basaccia, though, again, in a larger sample, but it's minus one to minus ten. So the underlying numbers say they didn't play as well for Basaccia quite as they did for Gruden. In both cases, they look around like a 500-ish team, but Basaccia is well-liked and was dealing with enormous controversy holding that together. Would you keep him, Jay? Yeah, I, if I were Mark Davis, I would talk to whoever that new general manager is that I brought in and say, hey, listen, this is what this situation is for the time being. I'm not married to it long term, but I feel like considering all the adversity that Passaccia has faced and how our team battled to make it to the playoffs, even though we lost, uh, he deserves the right to coach his team moving forward. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be our coach for the next three, four years, but in the interim, until we see this franchise going in a different direction, he will be your guy. 
key. On the other hand, like it, me. I, I, I understand that because if you're doing, as you would say, your due diligence and looking for the right guy, it's not, I know the new GM wants to hire a guy, but he might come and take a look and kick the tires and go, you know what, I think maybe they got the right guy now. What are the chances well, yeah, of that, you think? You, 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 you do got the right guy now. And you look at Rich Basaccia and you talk about the numbers, one of the things that you got to factor into that, his offensive coordinator, Greg Olson, was not calling plays. It was John Gruden calling the plays prior to Gruden's departure. Then Greg Olson got kicked into the offensive coordinating role. That would be, in my opinion, one of the first moves that Rich Basaccia is let go. I mean, is retained is to let Greg Olson either go back to coaching uh, position or fire him and hire a new offensive coordinator, somebody that could be a little more creative, a little more dynamic, in terms of the play calling, the only thing he did was the John Gruden offense, which is really three three yards in a cloud of dust, even in the air when you're throwing a football. So he's got to make some wholesale changes on his staff if, in fact, he's retained, and I think that that will serve him better to be able to do that. Mm. I'm not sure he's long-term the guy, but what I am sure of is that his players will fight for him. Like, we talk about that being here in New York. We didn't see the New York Giants fight for Joe Judge. You saw this team corral around him and utilize that and really purpose-driven made the playoffs. I mean, they won their final four games down the stretch. Yeah, I well, totally you, agree with that. If you look at it, and you mentioned the Giants, Jay and, and Max, if you look at it, and, and this is for both of y'all, would y'all take Rich Basaccia or would you take Joe Judge? Yeah, I'll oh, take Rich in a second. In a second. So, it's not so, even a question, yes. So if y'all say that, He's got a he's got now a track record, a small sample size of a track record, yep. but it's clearly better than some coaches that get second and third years after their first year and they stumble in their first year. So he's the same, in my opinion, as some of first time head coaches that are coaching. I mean, what's the difference between him and Brandon Staley? He beat Staley, Staley. He made the beat playoffs. Him. He made the playoffs and Staley did. <laughs> That's the difference. But we don't exactly. hear Staley's job on the line, correct? Huh? I think I think actually people have are, have an eye on Staley. But I key to me, Jay's point, that that I think is the best one in that the number one thing with a coach, right? Like there are other things too, but does the team quit on him or not? Can he get the team to stay together and play together? When they, if you have that as a coach, you make that dude long-term. You're always going to be competitive. You know, when you don't have the talent, you won't win. When you have a little more talent, you will, depending on what players he gets. But you'll always be competitive. Fan base will be engaged. When you lose games, you're not normally not going to get blown out. Usually you'd look up, and after 10 games, you're not out of the playoff hunt. That's what fans are looking for. Yeah, and- but – even with that, Max, interim head coaches don't go undefeated, right? I mean, that right. doesn't happen. Interim head coaches don't all of a sudden run the table. I mean, he he did a job holding things together, like Jay said, despite all of the controversy and all of the things that the Las Vegas Raiders went through throughout this season. He was able to still manage them into the playoffs, and you could clearly tell that the team likes him. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. The Raiders have a decision to make at head coach, obviously. But what about the Dallas Cowboys? Have they already made their decision about Mike McCarthy? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Where did it go wrong for Mike McCarthy at? He called the play. That's not bad clock management. Key, you know darn well this is a horrendous call. I'm not calling for his job. I'm just telling you I don't know how you bring him back. Keyshawn J. Willimax is presented by Progressive Insurance. We're asking at Key J and Max, what team do you trust the most to win in the divisional round? Trust the most to win in the divisional round. Not the Cowboys. I don't trust the Cowboys the most to win in the divisional round. I put that confidence level at zero if we're playing through the Max, Evan. Hey, uh, meantime... Stephen Jones, Cowboys executive VP and part of a successful front office largely. I mean, they have good drafts. They, they, they collect talent. On 105.3, the fan, Jerry Jones' son. Hey, uh, are you confident, Stephen, that McCarthy will be leading the Cowboys next season? Now, obviously, part of that future, and I don't know what you can say, what you want to say, but are you of the belief or are you confident that Mike McCarthy will continue to lead this team next season? Absolutely. Very confident. Very confident, Key. He's absolutely very confident. Now, Daryl Moose Johnston was on the show yesterday, on this very show yesterday, and explains why the Cowboys should stick with Mike McCarthy. Gosh, everybody jump into making a coaching change. You know, I I, I think that that's that's a bit odd, uh, in my opinion. Um, I mean, from what they did last year to where they were this season, um, you know, he made a he made a big change in defensive coordinator uh, when the defense was a big problem for Dallas in 2020, and he brought Dan Quinn in. Um, he's done a fantastic job on that side of the ball. Um, I just I don't see the the conversation about making a head coaching change. It really doesn't make any sense to me. To make a wholesale change in head coach is, is ridiculous, in my opinion, because you know, obviously this team is moving in the right direction, and a change of that magnitude just sends you back towards square one. <laughs> Key, why are you <laughs> laughing? Because Moose is speaking like a real football player that knows what he's talking about, opposed to hot takes, right? I mean, it's just listening to him lay it all out, it's funny. Uh, you talk about last year, like Moose mentioned, in the middle of the pandemic with no quarterback, team just complete offensive line, everybody just on the shelf, and that season was a wasted year. Then they go this year, 
and they win the division, which a lot of people say the division is poor, doesn't matter. They still won the division. They had an opportunity to possibly get the first or the second seed. They lose in the first round of the playoffs, but they're headed in the right direction is why I'm laughing because anybody that knows football should know that, well, that they're heading in the right direction. Well, I mean, Jay, maybe I didn't play in the league. However, back in 0405, I won the championship simulating games on Madden in GM mode. So I think I have some credibility. When I, <laughs> where, where are you with this, Jay? What's well, not a lack I, of your credibility? It's just funny how people want to fire a coach after basically I call it one year. I don't. I, nobody on this show talked about firing Mike McCarthy. We talked about in the game I think they should keep him forever. We had a little bit of a conversation around that. But nobody realistically thought they were going to fire Mike McCarthy. So I think we're all reasonable in that respect, Key. Number two, I, I, this to me, I, and I said this earlier throughout the course of the year, where it reminded me of Fran Fraschilla. Fran has this line, college basketball analysts will always say, this team is a year away from being a year away. Like I always kind of felt like this team has the talent, but they're still respectively young in the big scheme of things as, as opposed to what you see Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or even Matthew Stafford do. And for me, the next iteration or next step for this team will be Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott have the two biggest contracts on this team, right? Ezekiel Elliott rushes for 31 yards in their loss to the 40. I want to see a Debo Samuels-like performance or Elijah Mitchell-like performance from Ezekiel Elliott. I want to see, see Dak that from Prescott the line, then. Takes yeah. a, take the next step with him leading this team. In ways like that's the next step in evolution for the Cowboys. Well, okay, that's right. No question. I said going into these playoffs, there were two quarterbacks who were not allowed to lose in the first round. Oh, I I agree with you. It's a failure for Dak. I agree with you. Stafford and Dak. And you mentioned Stafford, right? We saw the Rams. And you just said a year away from a year away. It reminds me of the Everybody Loves Raymond, where he tells his wife uh, he, he he, he wants to get out of something. And he's like, you know that feeling the day before you get sick? This is the day before that. Are we saying are we saying that this like how far away are the Cowboys? Or let me put it another way. How close are the Cowboys to the Rams right now, Key? What the Rams just did. They remind me a lot of each other. Quarterbacks, I think of similar talent level and similar situations. Lots of talent on both sides of the ball. How but the Rams won their game. Now, against a weaker divisional rival who was missing a piece, Cowboys had to play a tough team. But still, how close are the Cowboys to the Rams right now? I mean, they're, they're, they're close, Max, but at the same time, when you look at the Cowboys, they don't have what I call a lot of playoff-type experience. They, mm-hmm. they're, 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 it sounds weird, but they're one or two years really from being ripe, right? They, they, you could eat it. It's going to be a little hard, but if you wait a little bit longer, they'll be ripe the way it's supposed to. Mm. The Rams are already ripe. Aaron Donald has been on a mission for the last several years, right? Von Miller is a defensive player of the year also and has won a Super Bowl and been to two Super Bowls. Matthew Stafford is a seasoned veteran quarterback, and Dak Prescott is not a seasoned Veteran quarterback, he's a little bit spicy, but he's not all the way there. Guy, this is only his sixth season, and one so of those I, he was he was mainly missed. Yeah, yeah. So he's relatively young in terms of that. When he gets to year seven and eight, it's a different situation. I, I know I can't just let Matthew Stafford off the hook that easily now. I mean Dak Prescott, excuse me, because 
now we're saying Matthew Stafford seasoned, right? But he's never won a playoff game. There are a lot of questions around whether Matthew Stafford could win a playoff game. It's about it's, – yeah, that is true, Jay. But it's not about winning the playoff game. It's about understanding the moment, the environment, being in it. This is new to a degree for a guy like Dak Prescott, okay? Dak Prescott, you don't let him off the hook, but at the same time, you have to understand everything in entirety. You can't just say – Oh, well, this is this, and he had a bad game. No, you have to look at everything. I see what, no, I, I I what, see what saying, Keith's saying. Keith, who was into cooking, by the way. It's like uh, uh, what, like a, a jerk chicken or a ceviche or one of these – something you eat that if you marinate it overnight, it's just different. It gets down to the bone as opposed, to, as opposed to a couple hours where it, you can, it fakes it on the top, but it's not all the way down to the bone, right? Like I yeah. get what you're saying. It's just that there are teams – with quarterbacks in year six, with head coaches who've won Super Bowls, with talent on both sides of the ball, where they've marinated enough and they can start winning. Yeah, right? but that's not you, the Cowboys. But you also got to look at it too, though, Max. It's a new situation, okay? It's a new situation, meaning like Mike McCarthy was there last year, but was that really a year? Dak Prescott wasn't even there. He's coming off an injury. He didn't play great at all, no stretch of imagination. He is one of the main reasons, in my opinion, they lost the football game. But at the same time, I'm also understanding comes failure, comes growth. And he will become better for it next time around. Uh, Matthew Stafford landed in a perfect situation with a perfect coach that understands what it is to be in the playoffs, where he's been there. I think he's been in the playoffs four of the five years that he's been the head coach or five of the six years. He's been the head coach. So when you look at that, that's big time, right? And then when you got a new situation with Mike McCarthy, a new defensive coordinator, they all still kind of trying to get on the same pages. They've got to retool that offensive line significantly. Yeah. Uh, when when Torrance Smith is older now, he's a certain first ballot type Hall of Fame guy, you've got to figure out how to replace that. And then once you start to shape that offensive lineup, I think in a year or two, the Cowboys would be right where they thought they were supposed to be this year. Okay, so the, the, you said a lot. Four out of five years, you were right about that. The Cowboys did invest once upon a time, every single year, a first-round pick in the mm-hmm. offensive line. It hasn't been that way for a while, but that's how football is. You've got to address other issues. Now they have a defense they didn't used to have. But, Jay, there is something about the Rams that Key alluded to. They went all in this year. So the sense of urgency is at a 10, right? Not only are they marinated, right? Not only do they have the experience and they're, more, they're riper, but the urgency is there. Whereas the Cowboys, Dak just got the bag. He's in year six. Maybe how far away do you think the Cowboys are? I don't think the, the Cowboys are that far away. I also think this is a game of matchups. And I think sometimes we overlook that. We look at all these opponents like they're the same. The 40, how do you think the Rams would have done against the 49ers? Maybe they win, but it ain't. It ain't easy. gonna be that. Easy. No. It ain't gonna be like that. Not what we saw against the Cardinals, and, and I know the Cardinals beat the Cowboys, and it talks about the lack of maturity sometimes with the Cowboys. But like, I also think it's a game of matchups and who you're facing at that particular juncture. Well, then what about Jay? The fact that the Cowboys, that big point differential and everything, they scored 240 points in a six and zero season against their own division, which is the weakest in football, right? Like six and five outside. Four, average forty points. They went six and five against the rest of the league. Yep. Like maybe why aren't the Cowboys better underneath it all yet? Is because key points to seasoning. Is it an issue of seasoning as a team, of marinating as a team? 
Is it an issue of Dak isn't quite as good as people think he is? Key also pointed to the offensive line deteriorating a bit, right? Because that affects the running game. When you talk about Debo Samuel and Mitchell and everyone, they got a good line. Mm-hmm. The, the, so, so maybe so think think yeah. about it though, Max. As you start to talk about different positions on the team, right? Mm-hmm. Michael Parsons is a rookie. Yep, he is the best defender they have. This is his first time in the playoffs. So you're looking at that. Demarcus Lawrence in and out of the lineup. Uh, uh, Gregory, in yep. and out of the lineup. You get all three of them playing in an entire season together opposed to four quarters here, two Key? quarters there, one quarter here. Would the let me ask you let me ask it another way. Switch coaches. Now the Cowboys have Sean McVay, innovator, young hotshot coach. You made it four out of five years there in the playoffs, made it to a Super Bowl. And the and and the Cowboys have him. The Rams have McCarthy. Anything different? Yes, absolutely. And the reason is, Sean McVay calls the plays. Mm-hmm. Not Kellen Moore. Okay, Sean McVay is calling the plays. Mike McCarthy doesn't call the plays for the Cowboys. Kellen Moore does. So Sean McVay calls them for the Rams. So you see, you understand what I've always said, Max? Yeah. Is if I was to ever become, which I'm not, but if I was to ever become a head coach in the league and I called offense or defense, I would still call my offense and my defense, like Sean McVay. I'm not giving that up to nobody. But doesn't so that Mike mean- McCarthy called plays for the Green Bay Packers. He gives up play calling, and now you kind of don't have the same innovation as you do Sean McVay. Sean McVay has a, a I don't want to say like a bright mind, put a, a lot of thick on it like everybody else uh, does in terms of him remembering plays. I'm like, everybody can recite the plays that they call, but understanding how to put guys in the right positions to succeed. Sean McVay understands that. I could take Amari Cooper and put him on the Rams, and he'll look like a different wide receiver. Dan Graziano's here, giving the straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Now, Dan has a great column called Overreaction, Not an Overreaction. (laughs) And the first one you had today, Dan, or on the column, fits right into this segment. Mm-hmm. Overreaction or not an overreaction, the Cowboys will fire Mike McCarthy and elevate one of their coordinators. Based on everything Cowboys ownership said yesterday, it's an overreaction because they've, they've came out strongly behind him and, and said basically that he's going to be back. So I guess if I had it to do over again in light of that, I would have changed it from because will to Because the original should. was not an overreaction. Yeah. Because, well, what, what was out there late last week, and by out there I mean like, you know, this is conversation among people that follow these things, track these things, and thought that because Dan Quinn is in such high demand and the Cowboys love him so much that maybe if they lost they would kind of, you know, move McCarthy out and elevate Quinn to head coach rather than lose him to the Broncos or whoever. Uh, but it doesn't sound like that's the way they're thinking. And again, I mean, we should take them at their word. They they kept telling us for years, no, Jason Garrett will be back, and people couldn't believe that, and he was. Uh, So, yeah, I I think they're they're very conscious of not wanting to pull the plug on a a coach too soon. Uh, It's something Jerry Jones did early in in his time as Cowboys owner, and he's always said he regrets it. And Key is already – Dan, that's certainly not your fault on the overreaction-reaction part at all. You following what you think you know and what information you got. But it is an overreaction as a whole because essentially this is a first-time head coach in one year 
with the Dallas Cowboys. They Last year, I discount that year. I don't even give them credit for that. You look at them, they won the division, they make it to the playoffs, they're headed in the right direction. There's no reason to even think about getting rid of Mike McCarthy. You're saying that because of the pandemic and everything they had to endure last year and obviously – but like. I don't know. I've said this too, Dan. Like, this franchise has had nine head coaches in the mm-hmm. history of the franchise. Like, they're, they're patient with their head coaches. Yeah, they are. And, and look, I mean, yeah, I, I think McCarthy comes back, unless they made some kind of significant change of mind overnight. I think the interesting thing about the Cowboys is, like, this might have been their best shot. Like, if you look at the roster and the stuff they have to do to get under the cap, I mean, you know, there's a reason Amari Cooper sounded melancholy after the game. Like, he's probably not going to play for not, the Cowboys anymore. Think a- about it, Dan. Mm-hmm. Also, from a money standpoint, he has three years left on his deal. When have you ever known Jerry Jones to give away money? Yeah. Yeah, by the way, the Cowboys should absolutely keep McCarthy forever. I think he should be the permanent head oh, coach, and I think the they Giants should hire fan. Dave yeah. Gettleman as the, uh, the head of football operations. I love happen. McCarthy. Love womp, womp, him as the Cowboys womp. head coach. Along, I think he's terrific. Along, Jimmy Garoppolo will be, still be the 49ers starting quarterback in 2022. Is that an overreaction or not? Yeah, it's an overreaction. I mean, they traded up to take a guy number three overall, and – Garoppolo, man, Garoppolo tried to give that game away, right? I mean, like that was that was ugly. Well, Dan, otherwise, in the first three quarters, yeah, maybe. But <laughs> I mean, stretch, what good. on earth was he doing late? Look, I, I think that, I think you see a guy that I, I think Kyle Shanahan knows how far he can go with Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's why Trey Lance is on the team. Uh, and I think you know that's why you see Kyle hesitant and calling certain plays late in the game, late in the first half, because I don't think he fully trusts him. Yeah, it, it's a it's an overreaction as far as I'm concerned. I understand they took Trey Lance, but and it becomes an overreaction, no, Dan, because what if, right? What if he takes him to the Super Bowl again as the starting quarterback, and only this time they win it? Yeah, I mean he was one. He hits Emmanuel Sanders on one pass. He beats Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Right. Like when they say the the whole idea, Jay, that like I don't know how far you could go with Garoppolo. They went pretty far. He didn't hit him. Yeah, okay. But point is just next like he time missed he Brandon Ayuk on the sideline the other day on a, on a play that would have probably ended the game without all the Do drama Do you think he's incapable of hitting a wide-open receiver? I, I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a great one. I, I, no, I don't think that's what we've seen. And I think yeah, he these great. are different conversations, though. No, he's not a great quarterback. He's not in that bucket of the great ones. But if you win a Super Bowl with a quarterback – and he's your starting quarterback, it's hard to move on from him. I know the well, Baltimore Ravens did it with Trent Dilfer, but, Jay, it's hard. I, I, I hear you on that key, but I don't know. Kyle Shanahan seems to be like that beautiful mind. as like, if I just had a – it's a little bit like Sean McVay. Like, if I just had a quarterback that can get to one more gear. Yeah. Just one more gear. Well, that's why Trey Lance is on the team. Because Kyle played against Buffalo late last year and saw what Josh Allen did to his defense. I'm like, I want one of those. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he thinks he got. I think, there's, I think there's a better chance than people suspect that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback next year Ooh. in San Francisco. Okay. I like Dan that. Graziano, overreaction or not an overreaction? Joe Burrow is good Dude. enough to lead the Bengals to a Super Bowl right now. I mean, we've been on this train since September, right? I mean, like the Burrow fan club. Like, yeah, this, right. I, I, you cannot tell me anything negative about this guy right now. Like, I, 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 there's something about him. And he didn't even have his best game. The other day, and I mean, like he's they're kicking field goals in the red zone against like the worst red zone defense in the league, but he's got something about him, and the team rallies around this play here where they blew the whistle and they should have That's still a ludicrous play by a quarterback in a major moment. Uh, his coach Zach Taylor put it well: uh, uh, making a play when there's not a play to be made. That's the kind of special. And you talk about, but we don't. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't do that. No, right? he's not Joe Burrow. <laughs> so that's yeah.
I, I think no. Burrow's good. I don't, I don't know if the team's good enough, but I do think Joe Burrow, with him at quarterback, I think anything's possible. Yeah, it's not an overreaction at all whatsoever, Dan. I think when you look at this young quarterback, he certainly is cool as you could think of. As nothing rattles him, he just continues to just keep balling out the way that you expect your quarterback to. Now, here's what I would say as I put a little bit of a damper on it. As you go in the playoffs, mm-hmm. things get tougher. And, yes, you played against the Raiders, and you did pretty phenomenal. But the Raiders' secondary is you-know-what, not very good. Mm-hmm. And so as you get more and more now, you face different type of teams, it's a different type of pressure. But I think he can handle it. I, yeah. They're there, playing Tennessee. Tennessee, that's yeah. right, Tennessee. There is something to me, though, Key, as we've seen – younger quarterbacks become smaller in these playoff moments. That doesn't strike me to be the same with Joe Pearl, right? Joe's been in some big games where he's always that cool, calm, and collective kind of personality and IQ. You know something? Everyone gives him that credit, and he deserves it. He deserves it absolutely. What people don't talk about enough is he's 6'4", he can run, he can throw. He's a big, strong, accurate. Like, he's talented. Everything. Just because he's not Justin Herbert talented, that he's very talented. And on top of that, he's cool hand Luke. Everything you're hoping a guy is when you take him number one overall. Yeah. He's got that whole exactly. package. No question. That's Dan Graziano, ladies and gentlemen. For most, uh, the Super Bowl is a cherry on top, right? But what about for Andy are you intrigued, Dan? I, I know, I know what this is. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio and ESPN Two. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.